0: Welcome to 216, a LinkedIn Fast Randomizer podcast. I am your host, Fear Agent. have a great show today. Armalex is on the show. Going to get to that soon. It's always easier to record these intros during football season when the Seahawks win. And they just took care of business against the Carolina Panthers, and it feels good. It's so silly that things like sports or rando or whatever can affect your mood like that. Something that you don't even have control over. I have no control whether the Seahawks won or lost, but it doesn't matter. They won, and I'm happy. So it makes things uh, a little bit easier. Lots going on. League started. Week one is just about to wrap up here. As I'm recording this, I think there's a few more races to go. Uh, team went one and one Lost the first game to Jamie Sher and Artie Walsh. I was scared of the Tower room. These are a really good team. I, I'm a big fan of all three guys. Artie uh, Walsh, Jamie Sher, and Plasma Kappa. I'm a really big fan of all three of them. Just like the way they handle themselves. And I like the way they play the game. And just really good dudes. Uh, Walsh was on dante's show a couple of weeks ago and that was really good you should check that out but yeah we split and i'll take it you know would have liked to have won that first one it was an ice rod hunt and we ended up full clearing the seed and only lost by like 22 seconds i think 21 seconds something like that that always feels good when you play really well you lose and yet you know you you feel comfortable with with the decisions that you made not much you could do about it. Like we made a couple of decisions. We played for GT in both of our races. Like we had GT access pretty early ish was like flute in the second game and possibly bombos. And in the first game, it was ice rod in the first game. The ice rod was on purple chest and the mirror it was super late and just didn't work out for us that, that time. So we ended up over clearing. I also took a death on the way to Eastern to the red guard who, after all this time, I, I, just learned it does one heart of damage, not half a heart of damage. So dumb. Why didn't I know that? Anyways, that cost that cost me a good minute and a half or something, and we, we lost by 22 seconds. So something like that could have saved us. That was a little frustrating, but it is what it is. They're a really good team, and we were able to split. So uh, we've got boots coming up, not playing that week. Then we have the 80 keys variant coming up after that. I'm not playing that. So I'll be back for week four. Spoiler pilot. I'm going to be piloting both. Gamma and Shireen, and we're playing the Fandana Difters that week. That's a scary matchup because they're really, really good. So other than League, I haven't really been playing much rando, though. So in my gaming history, I've really only played Mario and Zelda games. I feel like I've, that's been my wheelhouse. I haven't played much outside of that. I used to play Madden way back in the early 2000s, like 2003 to like eight. I feel like I played a ton of Madden. I played Counter-Strike for a bit. But my actual game knowledge is pretty limited to Mario and Zelda. I just kind of stuck to that stuff growing up and as I got older. But I began to branch out. So I played Final Fantasy 4. Really enjoyed that, except for the last boss, which I still haven't gone back to beat. And I've always wanted to get into like some like turn-based stuff. like Final Fantasy kind of scratched that itch. But since it's action turn-based, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I really enjoyed the Super Mario RPG style, where it's turn-based like you you have infinite time you're not under the pressure of an action bar and I saw the reviews for Baldur's Gate 3 and I'm not super into D&D I've played D&D a handful of times maybe less and I just never found like a group that I could really click with but I thought Baldur's Gate 3 looked interesting so I downloaded it I had to learn a ton just because I don't know anything <laughs> like I'm, I'm coming in completely blank for the most part I have some vague ideas, but uh I think Baldur's Gate 3 does a pretty good job of of teaching you and allowing you to explore and learn. So much so that it's taken up my entire week. I've played so much Baldur's Gate and I just got through the first act. And I really enjoy the fact that you can take as much or as little time as you want. Like I'm really invested in the story and I'm having a fun and I'm having a lot of fun exploring. It's just been a cool experience as I branch out. After this, I'll probably play Final Fantasy 6, and then I think I want to give a shot to uh, Chrono Trigger, and then maybe even branch out some more. I need to play Super Metroid still. I've never played Super Metroid. My friend who I played through the Mario series with and started to play the Zelda series with, I didn't finish that one because I've already played most of those anyways. He said he wanted to do a playthrough of the top, like, 100 SNES games, and I was like, ah, let's calm down there, maybe 25. So we're going to compile a list of, like, the top 25 SNES games and probably try to play through that, and I just... And I know some of the games that I mentioned here are going to be on that list. Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Super Metroid. So that that, so that will let me branch out a little bit more and start to dip my toe into other games because my gaming history is very, very limited. Baldur's Gate's been so much fun, though. I'm like super invested in, in my character and I don't want to spoil anything, but made decisions that I regretted. <laughs> and, you know, you could always just reload your save, but that doesn't seem fun. Like I want to live with that regret character died that I really didn't want to die got my ass kicked a lot it's fun it's a lot of fun I've been I've been having a lot of fun in fact Friday night I stayed up till like 2 30 in the morning playing which for a lot of people isn't a big of a deal and back when I was like in my 20s playing games and single would do that constantly I'd be up until whenever playing video games but now I'm old and I've got kids I haven't stayed up till two thirty in the longest time And uh, I was tired the next day, but it was so worth it because I'm having so much fun with Baldur's Gate. Let's get to today's show. I've got uh, Armalex on the show today. We mentioned this in the interview, but I recognized his name as someone who played Magic the Gathering professionally. I wasn't sure if it was a coincidence or if he was actually now playing Rando. And it turns out it's the same guy. So I kind of geek out a little bit and try to talk as much about Magic the Gathering as I can because I'm a fan. Like, I remember seeing him when... Uh, the pro tour that he won and it's hard not to geek out a little bit he's such a good person to talk with because he just has a natural way of communicating he's got his own podcast and and he's done it a lot so I had a blast just chatting with him and learning about him and hearing about how he got into rando really good stuff and I try to keep the magic stuff to a minimum I didn't want to geek out too much but I I do but let's get to it here's Armalex. All right, Armalex, thanks so much for doing the show, man. I'm super excited to have you on uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, the the fact that you've played as much as you've had the last couple of years, or I don't even know how long it's been. I just feel like you showed up and I saw you in a bunch of tournaments. I'm like, I kind of recognize that guy from somewhere. Um, and, and you've been doing really, really well.
1: Uh, so, yeah, just thanks for doing the show. Yeah, no, uh, glad to be on. I, I listened to you know, basically every week, I think as of now. And yeah, I love the, you know, hearing from everyone. So I'm I'm glad to hop on and chat too.
0: Yeah. and, And as a newer member of the community, I think it's really cool to hear people's stories about how they kind of found link to the past randomizer later than, than a lot of us. And just kind of your journey in here. So yeah, as one of the newer members, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to press into finding people that I'm not as familiar with in the community and, uh, you being one of the first, I feel like, is is a great
1: jumping off point. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So um, I don't know if you want to start all the way back or just, you know, timeline of randomizer or let's let's whatever.
0: L- okay, so let me talk. Let's talk a little bit about Magic the Gathering because Okay. I, I saw you uh, doing some races and I see your Discord icon. And it's also, I think, your Twitch icon, which is very familiar if you've played Magic the Gathering, especially <laughs> following some of the Star City Games uh, stuff, which I was heavily into from like uh, the first Innistrad set until the last Innistrad set that came out like I was super into magic I was never good enough to be on the pro tour but I played a lot and, and poured poured a lot of time in, in playing um and so I saw your discord icon and I was like wait a second this is this the same person playing Link, Link to the Past Randomizer that I know of that is one of a pro Tour and. Uh, Turns out it's true. Like you, you are the same person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess the, the backfill here, I, uh, you know, I it's not like a secret or anything. I use the same screen name basically everywhere. But yeah, I uh, I played Pro Magic the Gathering for about a decade from like 2009 to uh, 2020 or so when everything started to shut down for the pandemic um, and then kind of uh, picked up a randomizer during the pandemic a bit um i still play a lot of magic but uh mm-hmm. it's um i mean the competitive structure of that game has undergone some shifts and it's kind of at the point where I, I participate no. one.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. time, a lot i mean there's shifts all the time that has happened through you know magic's history of the pro tour and, and all that kind of stuff but especially lately and then the pandemic and everything and the way everything sort of shifted with arena and it's totally different. Yeah, it's
1: sort of coming back, and it's kind of interesting. If you, uh, I, I still play a lot of the, like the competitive constructed stuff, but um, Randomizer has kind of replaced my play of draft for almost non-competitive reasons. It's kind mm. of interesting. Okay, I think the way I sort of liken it is: um, uh, imagine if you have been playing the Cross Keys tournament since it started, and then you look back over the last two years and realize oh, like a year ago, half of the rounds were retrance and now we're just like playing retrance every single week <laughs> instead of cross keys. And you're like, I guess it's fine. Like it's still entrance, yeah. but like it's not the same, you know, what you started playing and what you think is better. That's that's kind of how I felt about like that half of the game. Um, just like. So is that the standard? Are you talking about standard? Uh, no, draft. Uh, just, oh, like, draft. They, they've changed Indeed. some okay. structural stuff with how sets are put together. Um, which is like good and just like comes at a cost of I think some of the like fun and depth and uh, interesting stuff there uh, and just like a lot more I don't know that game's equivalent of like big key hunts I feel like comes up a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah, limited was my favorite. I listened to a lot of limited
0: resources with Marshall and uh, even before when before LSV there was Brian was I think yeah there was and Brian then before and Brian, Brian John. there was. Yeah, it was John. And then before John, there was, um, what's his name, who is working on um, Ryan Spain, who's working yep. on Magic Online. So I've been listening to, to I, well, I had been listening to, to Limited Resources for, for a pretty long time, just because I I really enjoyed Limited. Magic, though, has just changed so much, like... It's so hard to keep up with everything that has that they put out now, especially like when they started doing like secret layer stuff, I kind of got a little burnt out. Here's the thing I feel about magic. I feel like there used to be it used to have like ice cream toppings like there was things that were like special and now everything is special. So nothing is special. If that makes any sense, it was like. Oh, you get full art basic lands in like the Zendikar sets. And that's like super cool. And now there's just nothing, none none of it's special. So it's all, it's all whatever. And it's just so hard to keep up with.
1: Yeah. I I feel that way, like even down to like the low level mechanical level where they, they kind of make this decision of like, oh, like. Uh, you know, back in the day, they would like make a card that's cool, and then two years later, make a riff on it. And now they just are like, oh, people like this, so we're gonna make twenty of this card in mm-hmm. a year. Yeah, and then they've just like force fed everyone like, oh, they liked this. Hmm, let's find. Let's make a new thing they like. And it's it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of design space. It feels like kind of. I don't want to say burned up. Like they're not running out, but like it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like the it's not like a special ice cream topping anymore to like it's, have these it's things. not yeah it's all it's, yeah. there's
0: just a, so much of it and it's like modern for example like I, I really enjoyed modern for for a while i don't love the sets that were made specifically for modern it just feels like it kind of like broke things and maybe i'm wrong because i know that you play a, uh still a lot of modern and and some of the older formats but it's just i don't know it just feels like
1: it's hard to keep up with all of it uh-huh. I would sort of I would sort of liken that to uh, it's fast ROM, but it costs you money to mm. fix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of thing where like it's not what you played to start with, but it's like still sure. it's like actually quite good. But yeah, I, I'm going to keep trying to make analogies to Link to the best. I past. love it. Uh, I love it.
0: Just bring it right back. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. So Kaza Talk here was the set that you won the Pro Tour for. Right?
1: Is that correct? You won Pro Pro yeah tour, it was 20, 2014 so yeah that was a great set fun. by the way i love that set. yeah I love that set it was, it was a lot of fun it was a good time i like again so you know i there's a there's a huge gap in my video gaming history because of exactly how much magic i was playing mm-hmm. in some of those years and yeah. 2014 is like dead center in the middle of when i just like did not touch a video game for a sure. solid <laughs> five or six
0: years <laughs> yeah i mean as much grinding as people were doing especially in the, that that time i feel like The pro tour was still pretty viable, viable, and it felt like uh, the community was, was in a pretty healthy spot and the game was like real vibrant. It was cool having like the fetchlands kind of come back for the first time in however many years. And uh, overall, that set was just a a really fun set. Was that a limited, uh, I guess you always always played limited, right? And then
1: you played standard as well. It was, it was the, I basically, the entire time I played was the like 50, 50, where you had to play like half limited, half constructed. Mm Okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah definitely a good time to be doing that (laughs) yeah yeah for sure
0: let's let's take it back so talk a little bit about gaming obviously you've been been gaming a lot with with magic but what about video games were you playing uh the nes the super nintendo what was your your gaming history
1: like so i am probably on the like younger side of the middle of rando ages so my first consoles that i had were like Game Boy and N sixty four. I had okay. played like random family members, other consoles. Like I think I have like a very distinct memory of like playing like six minutes of uh, actually a link to the past on my cousin's Super Nintendo, where the only things I did were just like waste all of his rupees in the gambling games <laughs> in Kakariko. Great, yeah. Uh, awesome. But yeah, so gaming probably got in. I can't remember. Probably so it would have been Game Boy. So it was either somewhere around like. The Pokemon Red era or Mm. like um, Link's Awakening were like two of the first Game Boy games I remember owning and playing a ton of Um, like to the point that uh, my Pokemon Red Edition's clock like hit the, you know, 255 minute max or 255 hour max, whatever it is, Yeah, hour Uh, like I think I actually had like used all the rare candies in the game before discovering the missing note trick and like hard grinded everything to 100, just like that kind of nice grind. Yeah. Nice. yeah, but the, a lot of that um, and then like N64, I think I got it around the time that uh, Smash Brothers one had come out. OK, um, so a lot of like playing that um, and then like the big thing was uh, that was a little bit before Majora's Mask came out, but that, that game came out and that was like, oh, my gosh, that game is so good. Mm. I, I still think to this day that game is probably my favorite game and probably I don't want to say it's, I've spent the most time on, but like probably have beaten it the most times wow. of any game. Okay. Yeah. I, I Did I you think play that it game, before you played Ocarina of Time? No, I had like, I didn't, I actually never owned Ocarina of Time until like relatively way after, but I had borrowed a friend's cartridge of that and like played through it a few times. And like, I thought that game was great, but then like, I don't know. In Ocarina of Time, you're just like, there's just like a dude running around and you like say hi, and he's got three lines and like, (laughs) you know, there's people randomly walking in circles and you're like, okay, they're here. And then like you go to play Majora's Mask and like they just because the game is constrained to like, okay, we just we just need these every NPC to do three days of stuff and they just repeat when you reset the cycle. They just get to like everyone does something and like every single thing in the game has a purpose and is doing something. It's just really great. I don't know. I don't know many other games that have that level of depth in terms of what's going on and they just like because of the like bounds of the game they were able to do that yeah i think it also is one of the best stories
0: as far as zelda goes zelda's stories have always been pretty basic uh you know you rescue the princess you fight gandon or something It they don't really they're not known for the best storytelling but i feel like majora's mask being what it is was
1: actually pretty good and pretty dark <laughs> for, for a kid's game yeah I th- think there's a lot of stuff that just kind of you're like, okay, that's cool. And you go back and you watch it, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, you just like, oh, yeah. He just pulled him out of the ocean. He drowned and he died. And now you're <laughs> yeah, wearing his right. face around. That's cool. <laughs> <Right>. That's cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's morbidly dark,
0: but it's really, really good. I agree. It's a, it's a really fun game.
1: Yeah. So I, after that, I was basically uh, on the like, you know, Nintendo console train. So ended up getting a GameCube when that released and playing. What games I had like Luigi's Mansion when it was released? Actually, Mm -hmm. I I think that game is another like uh great one that's relatively underappreciated, just a really nice, compact game from start to finish. Um, and you know, Melee obviously that game is you know great. Uh, (laughs) and were you playing competitively, or
0: was it just like more? You're still pretty young, I I take it, when when yeah, this was
1: out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still in like middle school at this time. I had at the at the time I had a like, you know, I'm an only child, but I had like one childhood friend and we would play like against each other fairly competitively. But like to the extent of like we kind of realized that like, oh, yeah, sword users and like jumps were good, but we weren't like we don't know what a wave dash is like. I'm still playing Roy over Marth, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah, yeah. So that and then uh I think the Wii is probably about where I ended up taking a, a little break from gaming was, uh, you know, the Wii I played. Uh, was it because of the played, Wii or because of the games or just other stuff? Uh, It basically coincides. Like, so I, I go to college and unlike everyone else's story of like, yeah, I go to college and like I start studying. It's like I go to college and I'm playing like a decent amount of video games through my freshman year, mm-hmm. um, which is like playing. I think this is this is a classic. uh I have a lot of stories from college where the, the answer is don't do what I did, but I did this most fine. <laughs> yeah. Where are like I, uh, I readjusted my sleep schedule for finals my freshman year by staying up all night. Uh, just like start to finishing Super Mario Galaxy one, uh, <laughs> just like playing brawl with people in my dorm. But uh, the last week of freshman year is when I discovered that there's like an actually good game store in my college town. And then uh, the like summer over between my freshman and sophomore years, I'm like playing a bunch of magic. And at the start of my sophomore years, when I like qualify for my first magic pro tour, mm. which goes exceptionally well like the, uh, to give the a link to the past randomizer equivalent. It's like uh, like losing in the play in race for brackets effectively. Mm. Uh, and like, I'm just like off from there and kind of like playing some stuff, but playing a lot less at that point. Sure. I mean, magic is a grind, right? You were doing a
0: lot of, Star City game stuff, right? I don't even know if they yeah. are still doing anything anymore, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I was conveniently located in like Midwest East Coast region. So just like getting to anything on any weekend was kind of just like, yeah, it's really easy. You just like go yeah. somewhere and it's like, I don't know, I drove three hours or like hopped on a two hour plane flight and we're just like at an event. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was the one thing about Magic that I didn't
0: love is even though the game is made in the Northwest here, like I, I've been to the, the offices. There's not a ton of tournaments over in, in Washington just because it's so isolated. It feels like especially with as big as Star City Games was back then, uh, you know, it was just traveling up and down the East Coast and Midwest for the most part.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the whole uh, the whole Rocky Mountain thing and I, something about getting a van across that was uh, always mm-hmm. a problem Was my understanding. Yeah, yeah that's uh, I definitely appreciate that aspect of playing rando these days is that it's just like I'm. Get a not, play not anywhere. required to like <laughs> get on a plane or whatever yeah yeah for sure so yeah. you
0: start your grind then in college and
1: how long yeah. does,
0: does the grind go for you said until like 2020
1: yeah yeah like literally I, it's one of those things where like basically they had a system where um like you basically just like at the end of every year they checked to see how you did and you could like qualify again or not and I just had like a lot of situations where it was just like, okay, I gotta like win at this last event, otherwise that's it. And I would just always get extremely lucky and end up in the spot where it's like, okay, I won like a little bit more than I needed to, and just string along and just like played everything and it was a really good time. Um, and then right around 20 start of 2020, um they uh two things had happened where like the game had made a shift to like try to be an esports model, which mm-hmm. uh like Throughout this time, like so, I, I graduate college, I get a job, I'm like doing other stuff and doing this. It's kind of hard to be like on the esports lifestyle uh, yeah. when doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they changed that and like switched over to like slightly smaller stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm gonna like play a bunch more, scale back, and figure this out. Uh, and then I had uh, I had a plane ticket <laughs> to a like large a Grand Prix, large open tournament in uh, in my hometown Detroit, uh, which happened to be like. I don't know, March 11th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, that did not happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so 2020 rolls around and uh, a couple things coincide. So at the start of that year I had been watching um, I think it was AGDQ 2020 had ended with a super Metroid Mm -hmm. impossible run. OK. Um, and I've been I like, you know, been watching all the GDQs like I'd always just like pop on and see like, oh, this VOD looks interesting. I'll watch like this game or that game. And that one I just like happened to catch live at like 2 a.m. because I was just like, you know, awake for no reason. Sure. And I watched it. And I was like, I love watching Metroid runs, but this was horrible. Let me see what <laughs> other let, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me go through the GDQ VODs and see what Metroid runs I've watched or haven't watched and immediately the first one i find is it's what the the andy ivan co-op yeah. smz3 yeah and i watched that and that is just like mind-blowing i'm like this is the coolest thing ever
0: was um, super metroid a game that you had an interest in before the
1: watching the gdq Where was that a game that you had like gone back and played uh so i had so this whole like big gate video game break i actually had started getting back in about was it 2016 I started traveling a lot for like my day job mm-hmm. so I just had a, a bunch of extra hours on planes over the course of a year mm-hmm. and that had prompted me to buy I think I was also like commuting like when I was like you know not only traveling but like a long commute on normal day so I was like okay what am I gonna do I'm gonna buy a 3ds and because I had started on the n64 I had missed like a ton of games I just never sure. played them yep. so I'm just gonna like you know uh you know, eShop and play all these classic games that I had never played. Yeah, and the 3DS was, is great for that, by the way. It was it had so good. Everything, Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And unlike the traditional Nintendo thing, it was like five bucks and you got all the Mario yep. games. You are like, OK, sure. Yep. And you have save states. So you can yep. just like play Zelda 2 without having any of the real Zelda 2 problems. <laughs> <Okay. and> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, I think through that, I had played two games where I was like, I regret not playing this before. And one of them was... Chrono Trigger and one of them was SM SM is just like that game. I think still holds up and I think it's really awesome. It's also just like physically impossible to play, but like (laughs) it's hard. hard. It is. Yeah, I, I still have not touched SNC three to this day. Sure. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Chrono Trigger was the other one you said? Yeah, yeah. That game is uh, that game. I don't even like the JRPG genre, but that game is something else.
0: Okay. Because I just started getting into the JRPG stuff, like I in the Discord I asked people, like, where do I start with Final Fantasy? And I played Final Fantasy IV. For the most part, I really liked it, except for for the boss fight, which I still haven't finished. But I keep hearing from, especially Alison, that Chrono Trigger is pretty amazing. So
1: yeah, I think it it has a lot of the same like um, Majora's Mask thing, where like it feels like everything happens, like people are just like doing stuff and things are happening, even. More so than like the traditional Final Fantasy, like what is the plot like um, the game is very well segmented so that you have like plot points that like start and end and make sense as opposed to just like mm. you're just like moving along in the same world in Final Fantasy and you're just like, I don't know what's going right. on. At least that was my experience <laughs> right. playing like five or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, SMZ 3 uh, still still have not actually played a seed, but uh, that was what caught me into the randomizer, which is like okay. uh, it's kind of funny. I had heard about Link to the Past randomizer a few years ago. Before that, um, does the name Zebra Unicorn ring any bells to you? Not to me, no. Okay, so Zebra is um, there's someone that is, I believe they describe themselves as someone who knows everything about uh, Link to the Past speedrunning but never plays or something like that. Okay, but right. they're they're commonly in like the Andy. Chat circles and been for a long time. Okay, um, but they were also involved in the Magic Sphere, and a couple people I knew that were adjacent to them got into Rando, the Link to the Past Rando, and actually were playing it at 2017 or 2018. One of the um, one of the GDQs that was in the DC area, and mm. I re- the first thing I heard about the game was someone complaining about losing to GT routing, and I was like, "This game <laughs> sounds stupid. Like, why yeah. are you putting?" You know all this randomness. You know an hour and a half into a game, like why would you play that? And just not thinking about it again until seeing SMZ three. <laughs> That's hilarious. So did
0: you play yeah. Link to the Past at all? Besides that one time you, you're the you know borrowing it or playing with a friend before? Did you was that one of the games that you uh, downloaded on the uh, 3ds? So I
1: had the, I had that one for they made the GBA remake of it. And That oh, was right. my experience with Link to the Past. Yeah, and I, I think I I think I be, played it once, and this was after I had played. Uh, it's probably so I played at that time, probably, you know, Link's Awakening into OOT into Majora's Mask in the seasons games. So I played this game and I'm like, OK, I get that this was made before these. But like this game is not nearly as good. <laughs> Why is every boss an eyeball? Why yeah. are half the dungeon items like a male? I just I didn't get it. And I think to I think I only have completed the game like four times. And two of those were NMG attempts last year. OK, <laughs> all right. So you didn't yeah, have like so, a
0: real affinity for the game
1: going into going into Rando then? No, not not in the slightest. I, I it is I it's still well outside. It, yeah, I listed those other Zelda games and I think all five of those are my like in my top five at least ahead of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did, did not really like um a link to the past a ton. And when I started watching, so this was, you know, I found the SNZ3 run, and then there was um I think there was like the SMZ three tournament at the start of that year. And I just like, you know, obviously you do the thing where you stumble upon the GDQ VOD and you look up it's like, okay, so Andy and Ivan, let's look up their, uh, Twitches. And it's like, oh, Andy is just playing a million SMZ three seeds because I go back to look at this and probably I want to say it was like April or something of that year when, when the SMZ three tournament is in effect or mm-hmm. so I'm just like watching a bunch of this and then like interspersed are just like, oh yeah, Here's like a, you know, open letter of ALTTPR and I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, OK, that's cool. And, and I think there's also um, an interesting effect of this where like a lot of people get into, you know, like, oh, I watch Andy because he's just the biggest streamer. And I think that like I had this idea that like I didn't want to play the game because you watch him and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to hover EDM and like do all this <laughs> stuff. And you're like, hey. Right. I don't want to be involved in this. This is not like something I want to right. learn. Like I've, you know, as someone who like took a long break from video gaming. I'm not going to be like what frame perfect inputs. We're just no, we're not doing right. any of that. Right. Um, so, but I like I keep watching, and uh, the thing that actually got me to actually sort of get interested in standalone link to the past randomizer was I watched the 2020 Cross Keys tournament where Andy made a run to the finals. Okay, and I thought Cross Keys was the coolest thing ever. I, it was just like, I don't know what about it set it apart, but I just thought it was really cool. Uh, I mean, it is really cool. I don't it know. It is really cool.
0: <laughs> it's the best mode, right? Like, there's a reason why it's become as popular as it's become in the last few years. It's the best mode. It's the best, way, best mode to play for sure.
1: I, I, am a yeah. big fan. Yeah, I'm glad we agree. So <laughs> I, I watched that. I watched uh, Andy's eventual loss in the finals to Lynn. And like for the the next year, I am like playing a lot of competitive magic online and like working from home and I'll just like have an Andy stream on the background. And it's like just slowly like rolls around, you know, another year and I'm watching the 2021 Crosskeys tournament. I'm like, oh, awesome. This is great. I get to like, you know, I'm watching like one of the people most likely to win the tournament throughout the whole tournament watching all the vods and it gets to round eight of this tournament and andy is paired up against zelga and he's like oh yeah zelga's really good at this game um you know like really good execution blah 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 blah." things that have been said on this podcast over and over and over, right right and so i i watch andy's side and he just like loses he's just like completely smoked in that game i think and i'm like whoa that's cool let me watch this other guy and see how good he is and it's kind of funny just like night and day of just like you watch Andy play and it's a lot of like really flashy stuff happening and like hovering and all this stuff. And then you just like watch the play and he's just like, I'm just going here and doing the thing. I'm going to go do the other (laughs) thing. Like he just does it very well. Yeah. I think that like literally that exact game was like, Oh, I guess I could just play this. Like there's not really like, I don't have to do all this other stuff. Like if you can be this competitive by just like, I don't know, playing good and going to the right places and being smart about it. Like what, why don't I just do this next year? Mm. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to play the 2022 crosskeys tournament. Um, and that was kind of my plan from that point, which involved a lot of like, I want to say I had played maybe like, I don't know, 10 seeds total to that point, And they were just like a hodgepodge of other stuff. Uh, so that's like July of 2022. Okay. And basically uh, I want to say somewhere in Andy's chat, Dr. Earworm had brought up the Gomo uh, podcast Mm-hmm. And yep. as like a resource for new players. And so I start listening and I start at the same time like setting up. And I'm I basically I want to say for a solid like four to five months, playing randomizer for me was basically seeing that Zelga had a new cross keys VOD, downloading the seed <laughs> and playing it, and then nice. watching and seeing everything I did wrong. That's which awesome. is a very good way to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the best too. I mean You know, if you've listened to the show,
0: how much I love Zelga and and especially the way he plays the game and the way he handles himself. It's just he's so good. You know, it sucks that he hasn't been able to turn it into tournament wins or whatever, but I just love rooting for that guy. And I love the way he plays the game, like just loves playing Rando and is is really good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you just watch his stream and he's just like, I'm going to do X, Y and Z. It's time to do this. Here's the map tracker and like the item tracker on the screen. It's just all there. And you're just like, oh, gosh, I like can like watch all the things happen. And like slowly, you know, you play enough and you listen to this enough, you develop this sort of like, I don't know, cross keys is all like there's some amount of like assessment, but a lot of it is just generally like developing a sense of like, oh, it's time to go do these things. Yeah. And you develop that really fast if you just like listen to someone who is as methodical at the game talk about it over and over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: Zelda's the best to learn from, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I have definitely learned a lot from watching other people, but it's like different levels of a lot. And I I don't know if I would have, let's say, learned as much from watching Telethar if I had not already developed a baseline for the mode and understanding. Sure. He's like, I don't know, he's he's kind of a maniac, but he's always it's like, like a professor. Stuff.
0: It's like trying to it's trying to go to college, right? Like, yeah, like I don't take college courses when I'm a, in elementary school because <laughs> it would be too hard. I just don't know what's going on. But as you progress and you get good and you kind of develop stuff, then you can start learning stuff from, from guys like Telethar who are just so uh, meticulous and good at, at what they do, like assessing the situation and playing the odds and all that kind of stuff. And Zelga, I feel like I'm a little bit more towards the Zelga side of like, you'll read the logic, but you kind of go with the feel of, of how the seed's going. Uh, yeah, Everyone yeah. has a different way of playing the game. And I think that's what's cool about it. Much like Magic the Gathering, right? Like <laughs> Magic the Gathering has so many different modes. You can do Commander or you can do Standard or you can do Draft or you can do Sealed or, you know, there's a Modern or whatever. And Everyone can do it, play the the mode that they want. And then you can also play the decks that you want and find like the colors or whatever. And, you know, Rando is very much the same way. Where it's like, I really enjoy crosskeys. I'm just going to play entrance modes or, uh, you know, I really enjoy boot starts, So I'm going to play as much as I can and become gem and play <laughs> just casual boots all
1: the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've I've really come to like uh it's kind of funny, the two ends of the spectrum of like cross keys and casual boots. Cause I, I both I think they both offer a lot of interesting like cross keys is obviously its own entire behemoth, but like casual boots is so it's it's the kind of thing where like you can like there's so many layers to like thinking about that mode just because yeah. like everything is so fast and you're just like at some point like okay. Uh, I have to make a judgment call based on this but like also think about like what could have been done and like you know do I need to save a minute here like how can I do that and like it, it is really intense and interesting in ways that I, I don't think open you know I don't play a lot of open and I, I just haven't liked it because I, it doesn't feel to me like it lives up to the same um, depth as those two other modes sure um, mm, yeah so that's 2022 rolls around and I kind of have this idea of like well I can route cross keys. Okay. But I can't execute at all. Like I, I think at one point I had learned how to mimic clip, but didn't know any of the blind script, like, you know, very classic <laughs> new player sure. things. Yep. It's just like, well, to play cross keys, you have to be able to do this, but like to fight blind, you just fight blind. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to play the uh, 2022 mentor tournament, um, which that, that tournament's great for, you know, all the people who have, not played a ton or you know are looking for a spot to like level up their game. The Metro Tournament's really good for that. Yeah. Um and leading into that, I think I had played some of the Go Mode async's um that they had posted. I think the first one I played, I distinctly remember was some horrific like uh medallion in front of Swamp to get you into Mire for your hammer kind of like nonsense seed and like just like looking at that and getting crushed. And I do recall seeing um RD Walsh at the top of that leaderboard. Uh, as someone like, oh, wow, this person is very good. And then trying to watch Artie Walsh uh, VODs and being like, I don't understand what's going on without a tracker. (laughs) And what is this background? And this is absolute nonsense. Sure. Uh, Which is great as (laughs) the, yeah, it's, uh, that was interesting. But um, I think my first recorded race was during the, there was like the Open Plus Invitational season of ladder. Okay. Um, So I join... And uh, I st- I remember the seed being absolutely heinous uh, in a lot of fun ways. Like you are, I want to say not quite hard required, but pretty close to like green male, uh, like fighter sword trinex. Uh, like, okay, it's your first ladder seed. Good luck. Enjoy hammer trinex here. Um, and yeah. the whole thing comes down to like, I remember like getting go mode on Smith's at the end. I'm like, oh, thank God. And you go up the mountain and it's pseudo boots and, GT big key is on torch and the boots are back on purple chest where you left them <laughs> <laughs> uh, to level it up. Uh, my opponent in this is obscure. Mm. <laughs> and uh, this is your first ladder race. First ladder race. He actually, nice. I, I watched back to VOD. I distinctly remember him getting on and being like, okay, my opponent is, I don't recognize this name. Let's look them up on ladder. Uh, they don't have a page. Is this their first race? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, maybe that's it for them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of trial by fire. A lot of a lot of my early ladder uh, runs were very like, you know, like learning to mimic LibGT on the fly and things like that, like a, a lot of good learning experiences. And I kick off the mentor tournament and that goes. uh not great to start uh, just kind of like uh, I look back and it's just like very much like, OK, you just like got paired against people like uh, I got paired in the first round and like had uh, an opponent swap out for like they had capped it at 64 and like the zeroth persons, the last person that they were like, OK, so you might be a little ahead of the competition. We're going to clip you out and then like mm. someone drops and they're back in. And It's like me versus pool float in the first round. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, you know, a classic like not even that bad. It's just like you get random situation a couple times and I end up in like the master sword bracket of that and like it was the overall the tournament went okay, but could have gotten better. But then looking back, my losses are like, okay, well, Faker Jr. is doing great now. And that was relatively mm-hmm. close. I like I lost a pool float and like, okay, that went okay. And Prosky starts up about the same time and like I somehow start that tournament by taking a win off Will WC, which is wow. just like I yeah, I was floored at the time. I, I went back and actually rewatched that race and was actually like fairly impressed with my routing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get one off him. I steal one off Magno just because Magno uh, decided to run by Floating Island without seeing that there was a big key on it and mm-hmm. went for the big key on Aga instead. Okay. <sighs> Oops. Yeah. And then uh, promptly get crushed by a four. I think my next four opponents were Jay Coper, Tusi, uh, Jay Miesher, and GFE. And it was just like, <laughs> wow, just the yep. ringer of like, yeah. I, yeah, GFE one was like, uh, one of those just like real slogs of like, you play a cross key seed where there's no bomb shop in the light world mm-hmm. and none of the light world enemies drop bombs, and you're just like, what is going on with my resources? Yeah. And then to add to it all, it's like, uh, you know, GFE is feeling as bad because, like, I knew from the main tournament that he couldn't hover, and we both get boots at like the three-minute mark. I can't hover, and then mm. at the six-minute mark, you see mirror on the other side of Spec Rock Cave. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and you get it at like the 150 mark by like following a three-connector chain to an entrance. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So yeah, I go like 2004, and then like close out that tournament with two wins and like 4-4 for your first east tournament. I felt pretty good about that. That's ridiculously good for your
0: first crosskeys tournament like you know when when I first started playing crosskeys wasn't really a thing and the first league season we had crosskeys and there were so many people that didn't know how to play it and uh it took it took a while for it to become as mainstream as it is but uh yeah for for such a long time I was like I'm never going to do a crosskey seed that just seems too too difficult for my my little brain turns out i love it but uh yeah yeah
1: it was there it was mean, like it was like that in the
0: community for for quite some time
1: yeah and I, I know there's a lot of people still today that are just like i'm not gonna touch that mode because i just don't want to think about it no, i respect that it's just it's kind of funny for me coming as someone who's like i got into this game to play crosskeys and like yeah. realistically i probably had played like i don't know uh you know th- not like a tumble like uh, in preparation for that first keys, i was probably you know it's like your first keys tournament but i probably already played like 40 to 50 seeds and like i i mean I don't think I even had a sub two until like a practice run midway through that tournament. But like mm. I don't know, you're you're putting up times in like the two twenties, and it's like for first cross keys, that's like sure. respectable. Oh, for yeah. sure. My
0: first cross keys took me like almost four hours. Um yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm, th- I'm
1: not saying my first runs. My first cross keys runs were a mess, obviously. But sure, but, but, I mean it, it took out. me a while to to get it going.
0: Um yeah. As far as the competition of it all, like you come from a pretty competitive background playing you know magic professionally uh did you see link to the past different it was this more of like a
1: leisurely thing even though we're being playing competitively uh yes and no i think that um there's all so magic it's very different to play um not just magic but like a lot of competitive games are adversarial where if one player is winning the other player is not participating you know you play magic or smash or halo like the goal is for your opponent to cease participating because right. you are winning right um so i i actually really liked the structure of this game uh because it's not that where like you just play a seed and your opponent plays a seed and you just get to the end and like you did what you did and like it it, it, w- it felt a lot easier to learn about the game because you just did all the things from start to finish and your opponent did all the things and you could see everything along the way. Right. And like In other games there's no like learning from branching paths because you just you never had a chance to do anything. Right. Right. It's more um, like golf, right? Like you're going
0: to shoot your yeah. shots and then your opponent will shoot their shots and let's just see who shot it better. And that's that's kind of what it is where it's like with magic. There's the back and forth of the cards you draw and how they play it and the sequencing of it all you know i mean there's like it's just so different even though it is you know
1: one-on-one yeah and it's often like a lot it's a lot harder to kind of like back out a lot of stuff about like what ifs or like like i was saying like how to like learning in that game is a lot harder just because of that aspect and learning in this game is a lot of just like it it feels a lot easier i don't know why i think it is
0: i think it's the repetition of it all like even though there's uh a you know, the the items are randomized. There's still only 216 locations, right, in a regular seed. Um, Crosskeys adds a little bit more of that variance, but that repetition will get you familiar with how it all pieces
1: together, right? Like, there's only so many <laughs> ways to play uh, Link to the Past. I think that, but also, like, um, if you just, like, watch back two Vaas next to each other, it's really easy to pinpoint the spots where one player yeah. gained, like, 30 seconds over mm-hmm. the other because they... You know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, you talk about, but there's a lot of, like, micro situations in A Link to the Past that sure. like, I think are, like, super interesting about, like... 100%. Um, You, you like, run a seed, and you're just like, okay, well, uh, because of the way things lined up, I'm just never, like, I can either decide to go to Catfish once I have beer, or Zora is never getting checked, and, like you can see how like someone did something different that let them not get into that situation Mm -hmm. or like especially in cross keys uh you have like the very classic situation of like when do you go do dig game and stumpy if you don't have a mirror or like do you do that like a lot of these things like that that are just like really interesting and really easy to like see like oh like this person put this off too long because like the thing they did after this was like go through three connectors to like check a spiral cave they didn't do and it's like okay Mm -hmm. well that that took a million years and they should have just done these things and expected to like lose a minute here or whatever Um, I think a lot of that stuff is just like super interesting but also just like uh, it's not obvious until like you've learned enough about the game to look for it but like once you have it's not like you have to like double back through like all the other things that happen in a game and think about like Uh, you know should they have been like you know thinking about like something else happening and then everything else after that doesn't matter it's like oh no they could have like very easy to extract that out and Mm -hmm. I you know really interesting I really like that kind of analysis and like like I said with the casual boots even the spots where it's just like do I do iced tea in this seed because I like maybe misordered something earlier and lost 30 seconds right yeah for Um, sure yeah yeah so So, uh
0: the competitive nature that you, that you have in yourself obviously was seen through magic. The other um, wh- did you have that spark as a kid? Was, were, were you competitive as a kid playing? I don't know. Were you, were you playing magic e- even as a kid or, or, or a different game? And did you find that magic kind of quenched that
1: competitive, uh, nature that, that you have in you? I mean, it certainly did, but I, I literally could not tell you when it, like where it started mm-hmm. because like, I yeah, I don't know. I really couldn't like that's obviously where it's like, oh, I'm just doing a lot of this. But later, I don't I don't know before that, like I like, you know, but you weren't playing sports or anything in high school. No, I was, I was, a you know, absolute disaster at like playing little league soccer or like mm-hmm. little league baseball. I'd just be like out in the outfield being like, oh, look, there's a butterfly. I'm just going to go look at this. Like, <laughs> sure. I, what's the right. ball? Like, right. Literally no idea when this, like, what about like, uh you know, maybe like playing smash with a cousin or like all this other stuff, like where that actually came from or like, uh yeah, no idea. But it just kind of like happened. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just like doing this. And like, maybe it was just I, this was <sighs> I, Like, as a kid, I ended up being, like, competitive games. I always ended up being, like, a a little bit ahead of, like, a lot of the people I was competing with. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was just, like, being good at something and then just, like, Mm. stumbling into situations where you maybe aren't as good as someone. And then the competition is, like, well, maybe I should be as good as this other person or this kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. and then those situations always very luckily ending up in spots where it's just like, okay, yeah. Like you get the, like everything lines up and you get to like, see what the next level is like. Right. Right. Which you, which
0: you did with, with magic and you're st- you're still playing magic. So it's probably the, the relationship is a little bit different, right? You're not grinding pro tours and stuff, but you still have, you know, your podcast and you, and I know that you play a decent amount of, um, of the older formats, at least, um, so do you try to balance that between like the balance between like magic and rando? How do you have any time? <laughs> so I think the question that I have between all of it. Like how do you even find time to play rando? Um
1: I think it helps with like a constrained set of stuff that you're playing at a given time mm-hmm. uh in both. Um though there there's definitely times where it's like okay, I'm playing, you know, I'm trying to do a lot more in like magic or rando. So I'm playing less of the other. Uh, The last couple of months have probably been a point where I've been playing a little bit less magic than I normally have just because I've had the overlap of playing cross keys into uh, I got I got baited into being the like 176 person in Kaz booths because you look at it and you're like, there's there's 175 people. How can I not be the person to join after sign up to close? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know that feeling. It's like, well, there's seven people. And there you need one more. It's like, well, I'm, I'm here. Why not? Yeah. 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 So nah, and then Lee Lee's coming around. So it got yeah, bad. and you
0: actually played league last season, right?
1: Yeah. So so funny story. Uh, round eight of last year's cross keys. I play against uh, some guy Zaphikil, um, And uh, I actually had recognized his name from like lurking Allison Vods. Mm. And I knew he was someone who kind of like was asking a lot of good questions and like trying to get good at cross keys and all these other modes and we play a absolutely heinous seed and I, I I don't remember the exact details but I do think it was like one of those like fighter sword next cross key style seeds which you're just like oh my gosh why um I end up coming out like a bit ahead on that and then afterwards he's like hey so uh, I'm you know looking for a league teammate and it's me and IB Karma so um in mentor tournament i had specifically like you know they post the mentor profiles but john snoo had been around talking a lot of nmg stuff and i'm like i'm specifically in the mentor tournament to like learn how to not be bad at like doing link to the past things not like Mm -hmm. i can think about routing i just i don't know how to like kill a boss basically Mm -hmm. so i had paired up with uh so they do like six weeks of mentor and i had been with snoo aaron snurd and uh Vextafer, the the rando babies toddlers kids yeah. team in league yeah, yeah, um and so they they do they did a great job that year and this year of like uh they like what at least the year i was in they did mentoring and like people kind of stuck with them and fl- flipped around between all of them in weeks and there's a lot of sessions of like okay today we're gonna spend 15 minutes going over myer two and then like some like Ganon fight logistics and things like that and like really good. Like um obviously they came from the mentor tournament the year before. So they had a lot of really good like beginner tips of like, this is how you should like focus on this and like, you know, it's GT mimics one. Don't worry about this, you know, stupid NMG strat. Just do this like very simple one that loses two seconds or something. Um So um I knew Karma had teamed with John Snoo uh, in league the year before. So that was a name I kind of recognized. Okay. And I actually was it's, I'm like, I don't really want to play league because I hated the idea of co-op. I actually I've come <laughs> around to it, but like getting into the game and playing with someone else on the mic is just impossible. Like trying to talk <laughs> to someone and play rando yeah. when you just like don't even know what you're doing. Like I mentored a couple races this year and it's just like uh it is hard, like not just like on the mentor side. I was really cognizant of like I need to like Focus. tell my mentees like two rooms ahead about a thing, yeah, so that they can like like it is it is hard and like you know you are trying to think and do things that are natural. I was like, I don't want to play league. I don't want to be part of co op like all this <laughs> stuff. And then like yeah. two days later, I'm like, okay, fine, Zaf, I'll like let's join up, let's team, sure. Um, so we ended up in open league and we ended up in a conference with. It was uh, us and then two like, you know, the the league seeds teams into each like they have like a very clear like, okay, so these are like the top four NA teams. These are the next four. And they kind of try to seed it so that there's like a very clear like not all the good teams are in the same division. So there's a very clear like two best teams in our division, which were um, Norse Maddie, CJ and Garrison uh, Kabuki Hondo activist division. And then Asai, which are, I think they're a bunch of SMZ3 runners. It's like um, BFG Taylor, uh, Tony T. Young, and um, why am I blanking on the last member? But like we were we were clearly like third or fourth seed. And like, you know, we just start off playing and, you know, Karma is like the absolute veteran of league. And I'm playing with him week one and it's just like, yep, we're just playing co-op. It's fine. Like we win. We win again uh like we play we can we play Kaz boots and i'm actually playing against um Asai and just like i like beat them in like i think my Kaz boots pb at the time and like yeah, it adds up. <laughs> yeah that's fast what? 113
0: was your time against dixon one yeah yeah 120. It was. that was fast yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i you know i i can hit the route sometimes um, <laughs> sure. and like we end up just like getting to the end of the regular season and we like somehow only lose uh our group because uh the last game there's like an ice rod in thieves town big but also like zaff had a uh a, like a stream blow up in like one round and couldn't get a reschedule so we just had to take a forfeit on one mm-hmm. we barely end up losing that and end up in playoffs and it's kind of like oh wow like that went really well Then playoffs, like first round goes good and we end up losing to farm friends who were uh, ended up what losing in the finals of Open League last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And like that, that whole thing was like, it was also like a really close match of like you know, a couple of games where like karma skipped a, a mirror check, like after swamp, like, it's like, okay, do you really want to go to K 45 here? And it's like, mm. no. And that's where the item is that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I think, I think I lost by like 40 minutes, the 40 seconds to tabby yep. cat to be eliminated. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh wow. That went really well. And uh shock. I, I don't know. We were just kind of like, Oh wow, this is good. Um So yeah. Does we're that back feel for like, yeah.
0: Does that feel like, Oh, I, I lost, but, we, I mean, we're not expecting to make it this far. Is that the kind of approach that you had af- after the season? No,
1: I, I, I think it was kind of disappointing. I think we mm. kind of realized that we were just like doing better than expected fairly early on. Yeah. Um, it also didn't help that like uh, I had the match scheduled with Tabby like after coming back from Christmas, and then just like got sick the day of, and mm. like was like, oh gosh. But like, yeah. I don't think that really impacted the game. But I was just kind of like. You know, you see, so like you drop into the end, and you're like, okay, this is still going, and then you like look at the time after like you know it's exploding, you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, so that moment of oh, like man. real disappointment, and you're like, uh, yeah, for sure. So did yeah.
0: that change your perception or or your uh, yeah,
1: how you how you feel about co-op? Um, I th- hmm. did that tournament change my perception. Oh. A little bit. I think just playing more has changed my perception a lot. I, mm. Carmen and I have started warming up on, uh, you know, the open AD for this year and we've been really enjoying it. And I've been really enjoying it a lot more than last year. And I think it, it literally just comes down to like, you have played more and just more rooms of the game are things that you actually don't need to pay as much attention to. Just like, you know, you still like tell your teammate, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do dark Meyer. Don't talk to me for, you know, a <laughs> right. minute or mm. like, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. uh I, I think there's just like, as you have less and less of that, it, it just gets easier and easier and more fun to play.
0: Are you upset that you guys aren't in the invitational this year? Cause I mean, you, you win against tabby, you know, you, you finish 41 seconds sooner and then maybe when game five, you guys are in the, in the
1: invitational for season six. No, I, we're still one off, but I think we, the match against Chaz would have been interesting, oh, okay. but like, okay. yeah, I think that, I don't know. I, I mean, at some, at some point it's like you accept it's like yeah we took an L like it, it happens but like it would have been really nice I don't think we had any expectations of going that deep into the tournament so mm. I think it's hard for us to be disappointed like if we had hit invitation a little bit that would have been the like what the heck actually happened point by a lot <laughs> yeah but yeah. like you know making like you look back and you're like oh yeah that was that was a pretty good result we did better than we initially expected but like feel like we could have gone further like it's hard to complain about that what about expectations for season six now? Uh, I was, so let me let me tell you about the NA side of the bracket and talk about the different teams that are there. So in order to make invitational, the following teams are teams that we are going to have to clear. There is uh, the County, which is still like a but that team is great. That's so that's a uh, mm-hmm. PH, PH who is was good and has only gotten better the last year. Tepedino, who I think uh, at least on the NA side of things, not going to talk about like. Top Life's team being in the freaking open league last year, right. but uh, I think Teppadino is probably the scariest player on the not NA because he's SA, but you know the like NASA time zone, mm-hmm. and then James, who to be fair, to so I know um, James FNX has a background in Magic as well. Yeah. And I I think I briefly mentioned something about playing uh Rando mid 2022. And he's like, oh great, another game that you know Arm can beat me at. And I'm like, yeah, that's you know, yeah. it's, I, you know, maybe maybe we'll take that part. But like, okay, so there's that team. That team's scary. Uh there's uh GFE Sabo P Train. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah,
0: I can't believe they're in the open, by the way. It still yeah. blows my mind. Yeah.
1: Well, there's also Trinex, Awase and Scary Olive. Okay. Yeah. Uh and then there's just also the I I think the favorites of uh <laughs> bread, orange, and hitman. Just like what oh, the hell? Yeah. Heck? Yep. So like I, you know, I have equally no expectations, but maybe if like the brackets hit right and they all train wreck on the other side, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I I think depending on how modes line up and everything, I think we we have a good shot. I think our team um is pretty ends up being pretty strong at co-op. Uh like you know we're gonna we're gonna see we got like a decent amount of flex in it but like zaf and karma have been playing a bunch of spoiler because i'm out for that week mm. uh karma and i feel pretty good about open uh zaf and i like we're both you know big entrance heads and love playing co-op veterans and then like animizer i don't know we'll just have two people play and we'll see what happens because that's <laughs> how that how, works
0: yeah that's exactly what it is is you just kind of a go and see what happens. That's literally the uh, motto for animizer.
1: Yeah, but at least we feel we feel okay looking at our um we've looked at like the schedule for like the this you know, you know first 7 weeks and we feel okay about like okay, we can we can make this work. But like yeah. playoffs it's anyone's game. Like I said, there's there's four teams on the side of the league that are just like, okay, well, uh when we get paired against one of them we're gonna have to hope and see what happens <laughs> yeah
0: i mean the open open playoffs are just as scary as the invitational playoffs in my opinion like once you make the playoffs of, of the open it's it's hard it's it's really tough especially with yeah. uh, all the co-op that's going to be happening this year that kind of throws a wrinkle and everything in the playoffs which i'm i'm a huge fan of but
1: i i think i like it i think it makes things a little simpler i'm very sad that like uh I, I really liked our lineup last year for like, okay, so you know, Zaf and I are both pretty good at cross keys, but he prefers cross keys to casual boots. So he takes that. I take Kaz boots. We we throw karma into the garbage modes and let him do his thing of just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, go into the right places and then you know see what happens in co-op retrance. I like that lineup and I'm sad that we don't get to kind of like have that work, but the co-op is equally fine. Yeah, should be a good time. So
0: yeah, you kind of jumped in and just started doing tournaments is is are you still enjoying that like i mean you've only been playing for a little over a year now um but it feels like that's mostly what you're running are you are you
1: playing much on the ladder but uh, not a ton but like a decent amount i've i've been doing pretty well on ladder i don't know if uh i'm still i'm still looking to get my you know cross keys rating up a little bit i I had a really nice streak and then i had like a really bad streak for a while but I've been really enjoying the tournaments a lot. Um, I feel like every time I play one, I learn a lot. So I played uh, I yet again. So, you know, league, you know, post league is kind of the point where I feel like it's like, okay, I, I like, you know, my personal record in league was phenomenal. Like yeah. I feel like I came across, keys into that. Like I've established, I'm like, okay, like I'm doing pretty good. And then I tricked myself into playing main tournament because of the async qualifiers. And by <laughs> trick myself, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, I wouldn't want to really commit to like a ton of this, but I'm going to play the async and see how it goes. And then like you qualify in like second quartile and you're like, okay, I have to play. And then I played the, the group stage and it was a really even group. It was like me ascend ed and phase. And it just, you know, I think I had like one mishap happen, but like the group was all like fairly closely matched. It was like four, two, four, two, two, four, two, four, and felt like, it kind of could have gone anyway. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. I learned so much just playing those games about like how like I need to be thinking about 1v1s in those situations because like um I think something that is lost in cross keys is that casual boot sense I was talking about where it's like, do I need to start shaving time? How do I play to win? As opposed to like play to complete the game, right? Um, I think in cross keys there's just enough random stuff that happens that in most seeds until the point that everything has revealed itself, you can't really know how good or bad things are. Like I played a seed uh, actually playing a zap on ladder like a week or two ago and we played a seed where I just like, I don't know, was just doing stuff and I'm like, I need to go back to Meyer, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm just going (laughs) to do everything on the way. And it ends up with like, like, you know, you like find GT in like pod area and you're like, well, I was going to go to pyramid anyway. So I'm just going to climb and like, it's fine. And like the end of the seed is just like you're now in a big key hunt, mm. um, but because you just did everything on the way instead of like rushing back, you're ahead seven checks, and mm-hmm. this is great. So like in cross keys, you just never really get a lot of that sense in most seeds, right? And like I, I really lack that, and so um, I've been really focusing on that in like the casboots Boots tournament, and it's I've had mixed results. Um, we're we're talking literally after I came off a loss to obscure again, where it just came down to uh, you like last locate an item that like gets you to the hammer and you have the option of like, well, I can just like go do the on path dungeon and open pyramid fairy. Or I can like, you know, on the way, like do a green pendant Helmosaur and like do all this other stuff and hope that like it's the thing my opponent skipped and one of us chose the optimistic route and one of them chose one of us chose the pessimistic route. And my choice was of the pessimistic was not right, (laughs) but it's kind of like. Right. The other two times that this happened where like I, you know, I won games against uh, Norse Maddie and Mal's just taking the pessimistic route of like, there's no chance I can win this seed unless my opponent also like left hook shot in Meyer cutscene or like, right. uh, You know, I hate everything that happened this seed. I'm going to go check, you know, I'm up on DM. I have to do hair basement now or like never touch it again. Like that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. That's what makes game
0: so hard, man. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's hard to,
1: to figure out the pattern for it because there is no real pattern right Just, yeah I mean you know. there is there is some but it's a lot of like you know try this this second order assessment stuff is it's really hard especially because like coming from magic there's some hidden info of like what's in your opponent's hand and like that's obviously right. part of the game but like uh when you are losing it is usually very clear on a material level like how you are losing what is happening it's like you know uh or like if things are going bad for you it's very visibly clear when they're also going bad for your opponent mm-hmm. like the, those like scrappy yeah. you know craft fest games were just like you know neither neither player has anything going on and they're both right. scrambling you know that you're both in that situation and it's very easy to adjust to that and that kind of like piece of rando of like trying to figure out how bad you're supposed to feel about something that that's really hard
0: yeah i feel like so many of us route in a way where you just expect your opponent to God route, right? Like, I feel like that's the common theme of, at least it was for me. Oh, my opponent must have done X, Y, or Z. When in actuality, you have <laughs> really no idea. And uh, it's how do, you, how do you play to that? Do you just assume that they're going to God route? Or do you, I, I don't know, like, which I, I feel like for me, I've tried to maybe not successfully el- try to eliminate the idea of figuring out what my opponent's doing. And just try, try, try to play the best that I can for what I'm doing when I'm doing
1: it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely how I play cross keys. But uh, other modes, I I don't feel like I can afford to do that a lot of the time. Sure, so I, I try I try to really think about it. And like this is actually going back to that loss to Tabby. Um, there's like a very specific situation where I like uh, she went like the it ends up in like a, a Meyer medallion hunt. You know, as every seed ends up doing right. sometimes. And she just goes right into pendant ice and I go through like this uh, efficient list of checks that like includes like, OK, I'm going to check like pyramid fairy and catfish and Zora that I left behind and like uh, bumper ledge and all this stuff. And like talking it through, like this is where I really started thinking about this is like, well, like, you know, it's really easy for your opponent to have just like ducked out of Skull Woods and checked bumper ledge earlier in a way that like. You had, you know, done it in different order where like, oh, you got the fire rod and you just went to the back school woods and didn't check it or like right. the Zora could have been checked earlier. So like, even if you assume it's like iffy, it's like, I don't know, you're like adding up all these things. It's like, OK, so technically you did seven checks faster than Tabby did three. But like a lot of those are kind of half checks. And then there's that whole nonsense with like dungeon item waiting. I don't even want to start thinking about. But like, right. <laughs> um, yeah. That kind of like on the fly assessment of like, what are the odds my opponent did this? Am I like actually picking up uh, checks that point towards a win versus just like doing more checks? It's I think that's just like super interesting. Sure. So do you find yourself more on the
0: analytical side of, of playing rando? Do you enjoy kind of breaking down the statistical side of doing checks? Or do you feel like you're kind of more towards the feel? Or is it somewhere in between? Um,
1: I would say that I am it. It's kind of like uh 50 50 where I often like something that happens. So in like the the John Snow and company discord, uh, you will often find me just like posting just like a dunk tracker screenshot from a casual boot seat and saying this is what happened. What would you do? Mm-hmm. And just like taking other people's opinions really into account and like just building up this like base of knowledge of like game situations where like, oh, this is how like X, Y and Z. Like I did not consider this or like, um you know, what are my options? Or like I did these three things, but like actually like I'm supposed to like believe one of these things now or have done one of the things later. Just like building up this like repertoire stuff. And then like when you're playing, a lot of it has to be like uh. You just make a decision based on, you know, vibe checking it. And like, maybe you've got like two rooms in a dungeon to really drill down and think about it because you're doing, you know, the back of ice and you've you've done this like 8,000 times. But like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like building up this game situation knowledge and just like going to the tape and post and figuring it out. And I I've, I really enjoy doing a lot of that where I'm just like posting up the like five decision points I made and like really going deep diving into it. Do you think that comes from
0: your magic days as far as like, grinding the pro tour and stuff like because i know there would be teams that would get together and just try to like solve uh, a draft format or a a constructed format and kind of like go back and forth on like if this happens then why you know like we we go trying to figure it all out do you you think there's some
1: that comes from that i think it is almost indulging in the stuff that you don't get to do again and that like this is the thing that rando is the like made it so much easier than in magic because all these hypotheticals like you just have like a very clear delineation of like seeing yeah. all this stuff and like the thing that like so i started playing rando in part because i was like this is like a really interesting and new decision process of like doing something in real time versus turn base is just so different yeah and then like at the end you sort of like as you get really good at it you actually sort of the game turns into almost uh I don't want to say turn-based, but, like, you just start, like, thinking of things in discrete time of, like, this check is 30 seconds, doing this is 15 seconds, this saves, like, X amount of time, and, like, when you start doing these, like, scenarios, you can just, like, be like, oh, well, like, you come up with these scenarios of, like, how much time actually is this, and you just go to your VOD, and you're like, okay, this is how much time it was, I should think about this like this in the future, Mm -hmm. and again, like I said, it's just, like, this is the stuff that, like, you wish you could do in adversarial games. And it's just so hard to do. And it's just like, sure. oh, I just get to do it all the time. Right. here.
0: <laughs> totally. As far as community yeah. goes, do you feel like you've kind of found your people? So, so to say, I think league might help with that, but did you feel kind of embraced coming into, to the rando scene? I mean, you've
1: seen a lot in the la- happened in the last year or so. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably have less than other people, but like, yeah, I, I you know, I've enjoyed the people I've been chatting with and, uh hanging out with and like i i definitely a lot has happened i have so uh to briefly summarize it uh a lot of uh i have a history in magic of uh things happening to or around me that are ridiculous <laughs> rule situations sure in part because uh I think it's very different so that game it is um I sort of approach it very different in rando too where like in magic especially so like uh, the game has gone through a lot of eras of rules enforcement and people in rando were talking about this too, with like the um like DQing someone for like making a stupid comment or like saying anything in like the, <laughs> the, the SRL SRL room. room or yep. whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. So the times that I started playing competitive magic, if you like look through like a very long lens of the game, it actually like looks a lot like the progression of randomizer where like there is an early era where cheating is a huge concern. Yep. And then there's a reformation era where, um, if you actually look at like the way they did magic tournament rules, it was like in the early 2000s when I really started playing competitively in like the scholarship tournaments they held. Um, the rules, the rules were pretty cutthroat just because they just gave no quarter to people mm. cheating. Um, and then like slowly over the next decade, this rules started like coming to a point where they, um, wanted to not have that happen. Um, But then there were a lot of spots where like they were still sort of prison ruling a lot of stuff for no reason, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, And slowly the game has turned to the point where it's like, it is like people who are cheating. I kind of feel this way about rando right now, especially it's like, the people who are cheating are just going to get caught at some point. Yeah. And if they don't like, that's just really impressive on their part. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going to do about it in in that sense. Like if they're cheating that good, I don't know what they're doing with their life. Um, (laughs) But like, it's better to create a situation where the non cheating players are happy with playing their games and are like, if something goes wrong, um, put into a situation where the thing they want to be doing is just getting someone involved to fix it. Um, So the game it's, I think that's a good thing I think that's like how I've tried to approach rando and I, I've really liked it but um, I want, back to like the topic of like things happening in the rando community I kind of I kind of joined this with the intent of like I'm just like going to try to stay out of a lot of the nonsense stuff here <laughs> sure. and then every time something happens I just like you know it's like I have an opinion and then I post something and I'm like I should not like spend too much time on this right. and then I find myself like Spending 47 minutes scrolling back through a Discord conversation, reading it all. I kind of love it, but like, it's also like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that if if
0: you're able to like keep it at arm's length and not be involved and just have opinions, I think is the healthiest way to approach it. I keep getting involved and I think that's my problem. It's like, I got to get back to just keeping it at arm's length and having an opinion that I can throw out there. But do you like where, where Rando's at right now as far as, I mean, it is still a relatively new game to you. So do you like where the community and kind of where everything has fallen with Tark and all the BS that kind of goes along with
1: that. Yeah. I think everything that has happened, I've been like really, you know, I've involved, you know, I've had my opinion, like voice stuff and like the specy discussions and like a lot of the stuff. And I've been really happy with the way things have gone and been handled. And like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think anything has gone too horribly. I mean, aside from everything exploding, everything's going right. pretty good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, it explodes,
0: that, but can people pick up the pieces? And I feel like we've done a decent job at picking up the pieces and trying to keep the thing running. And I, I don't know. I think it's in a pretty good spot. Yeah. and I'm i, a I think, a biased, I really, the, but yeah.
1: Well, I think the important part is that the vast majority of people um, are in a spot where they are willing to complain about things going wrong or things they don't like in TARC but also willing to understand that the other person is there to discuss with them and try and figure out how to fix it. And not just like, this is malicious. This is like, this is, you know, um, the, like in the rather unfortunate, like the fact that we had to have a cheating investigation spun up so soon after Tark, I think there was a lot of like valid back and forth about like, what should this look like? But it, it didn't really feel like anyone was like actively upset with the fact that like, we have to do this now. And this is what we did. Right. There was a lot of like, this is what we did how should we do things in the future and like can we clear anything up in the next 24 hours on this and that, which i that think was is really a good,
0: good way to approach it right like it's not yeah. like hey here's the rules and we just follow what we say it's like we're trying to figure out how to we're all just trying to figure it out it's all brand new so do we you know what i mean like do we take what we're what we're doing and can we evolve it into the way that the community uh you know is involved and yeah I, again super biased but i, I think the approach that we've had so far has been pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, I think that again, this comes down to everyone in the community being pretty good about these things.
0: Sure. Dude, I could keep talking to you forever because (laughs) we barely talked on the magic stuff, which is I I'm actually way more. I kept going back to the magic stuff because I find that stuff super interesting and being a part of it uh, or as big of a part of magic as was, as been and been in my life in the past. Um, you know, I'm always, curious about the people that are able to take it to the spots that you that you that you did and um, but you've got podcasts and I'm sure you've talked about it a million times and this is about rando but yeah
1: uh, it's a it I don't know it's a it's always the kind of thing where like every time you try to talk about like I I think there's some of this with like you know talking to people who play rando too where it's like every time you try to talk about the whole thing as a whole uh, you end up like uncovering like five facets of like, oh, this is an interesting. <laughs> right. This is an interesting thing. Right. But then if you like talk to the person about like the same thing a year later, you could uncover like eight other things. And it's just it's really hard sure. to talk about like these whole things as a whole sometimes. Sure.
0: Yeah. I, I Unless guess you've only to... been
1: playing for two, two ish, two and a half years like I have. <laughs> then then right. that makes it a little easier. Right. But yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I guess we'll just have to come back on and do like a full magic episode or breakdown. I mean, you've, you've actually been involved in some of the discussions uh, of the draft stuff, which I always thought is interesting because again, I'm into people that are into like drafting and, and, you know, you have a background in a different sort of draft formats, but obviously have an interest in, in limited and, and doing that kind of stuff. So we've been doing those drafts on the podcast that have been
1: kind of fun. And uh, you've kind of thrown your two cents in there as well. Yeah those are really fun unfortunately i looked at the metroid lineup and there's like 12 games so there's no way that's to do a metroid, metroid. draft <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A people like, keep
0: coming to the games like oh we should do this game it's like yeah we can't, can't really draft six games it just doesn't really work the mario series and the zelda series worked because they have so many games but i i definitely have some more ideas for for future drafts for sure that uh, yeah. would be cool to have you a part
1: of you know i'll if there is one i'll uh, i'll definitely chime in i i don't know i've played it I realized after the Mario one happened that I played more of those games. And like I said, the Metroid one, I, oh man, Metroid Prime's another one of those games that I could just gush about for forever. <laughs> but then I looked yeah. at the list and I'm like, okay, so with the fourth pick you're selecting like Metroid prime hunters or something. You're like, Oh gosh, okay. We're not going <laughs> right, to talk about right. this. Yeah. it's <laughs>
0: like, there's, a, there's, a, I, I know that, pe- that there's Metroid fans, but there's like, I don't know, four, five, maybe Metroid games that are, worth even like drafting you know what i mean like and so then after that you kind of get into like what we did with the mario mario draft in like the fourth round where it's like i guess i'll take super new soup too or something you know what i mean let's it's just kind of some of those games just kind of go just don't have the depth so
1: yeah and it's really sad because the metro like it's so tied to speed running because that's like at least my intro to speed running was kind of just playing those games because they have the in-game timer and a reward for going fast in addition yeah. to being a great game and it's kind of sad that it's hard to like I don't know. Unless you just go deep on like super Metroid, it's hard to like go in on that unless you're like drafting super Metroid enemies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All yeah.
0: right. But I do have to ask you the tilt question, which yeah. uh, I'm super interested in here because magic man, that game fucking tilted me like to no end, you know, drawing land, land, land. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, give me, <laughs> give me something to some play, whatever. But, uh, so tilt, how do you handle tilt? Whether it's uh rando magic, whatever,
1: in the middle of the seed or at the end of the seed how, how do you, what's your approach so i already so let's middle of the seed is definitely the hardest and i already talked about some of the difficulties of like i mean that is like the problem i've been discussing with the casual loose thing is like assessing mid seed how tilted you should be is like an important part of the game and not just like dealing with the tilt but like that whole assessment of like how like bad things are it's it's kind of tough where like you i don't know i've always had this like tendency to be like Things are going bad. How do I simplify the game? And like that doesn't really apply in a lot of spots in this game. And that's been something I've been learning. But like in overall tilt, uh, there's two things like in rando specifically. Um, one of the things that I really like is like, oh, I'm upset about a loss. But like, again, that whole going back thing, it's like, you know, you lose by, say, five seconds in a cross uh tournament race. Who could that have happened to? And you go back and you are like, oh, I could have done like six different things better, I can learn from that and, like, I could learn from a win or a loss and, like, do it better next time. And, like, you know, who cares if I wasted, you know, 97 seconds this seed, I'll probably just waste 10 seconds less, you know, three seeds from out, that's awesome. Um, And then, in general, I think that there was kind of, like, a moment actually, like, fairly deep into my Magic career where I think that, so there's something that is a struggle in that game, where I think that I had um, for, like, a very long time, uh, basically... A lot of tournaments in that game run Swiss. And there's this idea like where it's similar to like a lot of tournaments are like the cross East tournament where there's eight rounds of Swiss. And after you're like second loss, you know, you're out. Yeah. And then a lot of tournaments are run with like 16 rounds of Swiss and like the same number of players. So like you reach these spots where like it was very common for me to be in a spot where I would take my like third loss and just kind of like write off the rest of the tournament and not put up like. The, the middle finishes are still really important in that like era of the game and I kind of had this like realization at some point after I don't know there was just like one of those things where it's like the last round of the tournament and like an absurd confluence of things occurs and you're just like upset and it's just kind of like oh well this all happened in the last round and I'm just like sitting off to the side now or like on the way back to the airport and like it doesn't really matter if I'm tilted now I'm allowed to be just like mm. don't let this happen in like the 10th round of a tournament just like deal with like as, as stupid as it is to say just deal with it later like it's just really comfortable to be like it's okay to tilt off if yeah. you just are like reasonable about it and just like deal with it at the right time just like don't tilt like it's uh, you know it really helps when you're just like in the middle of the seed and you just like you know uh, have something like random happen that is just like derailing where you just like I don't know take a death in a dark room and you're like oh that sucked and you just like you just go back and you're like, OK, what do I do about this now? And then after the run, you can be like, why did I do that? And then get in the practice hack and like figure out how not to do that again. But, yeah. you know, that's to each their own how much time that you want to spend on that. Sure, sure, sure. I think you said something important and
0: that's allowing yourself to tilt. Like, I feel like it's it's all about how you approach the tilt, right? Like, how does the tilt affect you and do you take it out on your opponent, specifically in rando, right? Like, that's the thing I think the where the, the question even came from is do you tilt out and then start blaming your opponent for how things went? You know what I mean? I feel like that always, always bothered me. And if you can tilt and process it in a way that's kind of healthy, then, you know, there's nothing really wrong with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely coming from a position where I, I've never, you know, I've had like rare occasions where I'm like seriously tilting off, but definitely a lot of spots where you're like, oh, this sucks. I'm like done. I'm disappointed. I would like to leave like that level of tilt. And I think that, the, you know, maybe this doesn't work as well if you're just like steaming off and not sure. Whereas, like, you know, I still like you're still like, you know, upset and you're like, well, it's, I'm going to lose 30 minutes of sleep. But, you know, who cares at the end of the day? Like, right. it's fine to like be that level of upset after something and just sure. like, live the rest of your life. <laughs> right. It's, does it go into the next day, the week? <laughs>
0: Do you carry it for for longer than than it is healthy? I think is, is the real question. Yeah. But yeah. It feels like you've got a a good handle
1: on it. I hope so, but I, you know, I'm always willing to be wrong for sure.
0: Sure, For sure. Well, dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. I I feel like I could keep going, but uh, I've taken enough of your time. I I really appreciate you coming on the show and really just giving everyone a chance to learn who you are. And and, uh, I've already become a valuable member of of the Rando community. Short time. Yeah,
1: No, I'm having a blast and I'm, I'm glad to keep having a blast playing this tournament that I'm in. And hopefully, you know. 20 2024 crosskeys. I I am getting ready already. I think.
0: <laughs> Just want to thank Armalex for coming on the show. I had a great time. This is one of the most fun conversations that I've had. I got a lot to say, and it makes my job easy. I don't have to really press to get answers out of them. Just a free flowing fountain, and I loved it. I really enjoyed talking with him and getting to know him and. Yeah, I, I hope I didn't geek out too much on the uh, on the magic stuff, but I, I just really enjoy talking to Armalek. So let me know what you think in the Discord. Next week on the show, we've got one of the best people in all of Rando, Will WC. Will's one of those people that has been around for a long time, and whenever you spend any amount of time with him, whether in Discord or on stream, you know how good of a guy he is. Like, you just want to be around those type of people. And I didn't know Will a ton, but I knew that I really wanted to talk to him. And we did and it was great. So come back for that next week. After that, we've got James FNX, and then we'll finish it up with Allison to wrap up the season. Just had a great season. Season four has been spectacular, and I've had a lot of fun. I hope everyone's enjoying the show. If you are, join the Discord. 216pod.com has a link to the Discord. You can join it there and come chat about the podcast or your favorite sports team. A lot of football is going on. Major League Baseball playoffs are about to start. The M's are in the grind. Just got swept by by Texas. That really sucks. We've got Houston and then Texas to finish off the season. Someone's going to win the West. I don't know who it's going to be, but if the Mariners keep playing like they are, they might not even make the playoffs. So, got to turn that around. So, you know, I'm sure there's going to be uh, baseball talk over in the Discord. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're available everywhere. If you leave a review, that really help me out, both on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Even if you just click on the ratings, that really helps out the show. Lots of league action going on, so I'm sure you'll find me somewhere on comms this week and the next, as I won't be playing... Uh, for a couple of weeks here. Beat Gaming Live's coming up in just over a month and a half, I think. We'd love to meet people there. And that covers everything. I think that's going to be it for this week. Come back for Will WC next week. It's a great one. Thanks for listening.